Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Burn the Ships. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction. Righteousness. Ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher. Soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Thursday, April 27th, Quad Shot Thursday for all the shows that are done here. If you are listening to Brighty on TV today, you watched a repeat because of one of the craziest things I've ever encountered. You know, we just did our show last night on AI developing and how it's working through the web. And I've experienced a couple of things today to tell you it's moving faster than we realize. When, when I do Brighty on TV show, I use a Skype interface with them. And I literally logged on with a VPN and it caused all sorts of problems with the account. And when I took the VPN off, my account literally was erased. I had to set up a whole new account to even go to get on to Brighton. And by that time, it was too late. And I just had it happen before the show in that the Google browser, which I use as an interface for Podbean, is not allowing VPNs. So be aware, they're, they're cracking down on all of this and they're using AIs in the back end to start to shape the way we per- perform on the web and keeping us trackable. And that's their whole goal. And this is part of herding the masses into what will eventually be likely be a biometric interface that you're going to have to do to get onto the web. So it has begun and we are in that point of the war and it's very real. Patriots, one thing that is very real is your wealth and preserving your wealth in this critical time. This is a dangerous time. And obviously, these maniacal freaks, pedophile psychopaths that are running the world are trying to do all they can to strip away your retirement savings. I just want to read this to you because I think you'll find this stunning. In 1973, had you been saving in a bank towards retirement or for that matter, in any investment account, and you had saved, say, you had projected you needed half a million dollars to retire. The inflation rate of the dollar, I should say it this way, the the inflation rate over that period of time accounted for 579.8%, which means the dollar lost $6.80. So if you were planning in 1973 to retire on $500,000, Today, you would need over $3 million in your retirement account to accomplish what you could do in 1973. All of that, and why 1973 is a year, because that's the year we took the dollar off the gold standard. That's how significant inflation is. It's horrific. And this is a really big deal to understand the magnitude of what they're doing and how they destroy your wealth passively. Now, with all that said, make sure you're doing all you you can at this point in time to get your retirement savings and your IRAs, your 401ks into a gold and a secured gold or precious metals account. Patriots, inflation has consequences. As the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending, 
long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling banks. Depositors are holding their breath and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never been more important. The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401k that's tied to a volatile market into an IRA in precious metals, gold and silver, and the best part, it's tax sheltered. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold today. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Text BARDS to 989898 today. Patriots, there's no time to waste. We're in a critical moment in our economy. Things are changing and they are changing fast. Again, text BARDS to 989898 today. Yeah, you want to do all you can to preserve your retirement wealth. BARDS to 989898. Burning the ships. For those of you that know history, this is actually a pretty significant story in history. It was in the year 1519 that Hernan Cortez arrived in the New World with 600 men. And upon arrival, he committed to, his men were having some doubts about fighting the Aztecs. And so what Cortez did was to burn the ships. He literally burned all of his ships. And two years later, they, su they succeeded in conquering the Aztec Empire. What's important about that? The point is Cortez gave them a do or die decision. To go forward was the only option because the retreat was no longer possible. The ships were gone. In my opinion, we've arrived at that point in time where all of us need to make that sort of commitment and focus on where we're going. The artificial intelligence expansion, the corruption in our, in our country's finances, the continued push to get everybody channeled into digital currencies, the need to shape us the way they want us without allowing us even a vote at the table, this has to end. These people are corrupt. And we're being driven by their version of a brown shirt class. And their brown shirts look like LGBTQ+, plus Antifa, plus BLM. But we've seen very little of BLM and Antifa lately. But the fact of the matter is that that's the new brown shirts. And then you, with around the brown shirts, you have this spineless, feckless wimps that try to believe that this is all a good idea to beat the hell out of people, to kill children's ability to have reproduction and think that that's all in the name of democracy. Those fools go along with the same mass of idiots. And probably one of my <laughs> more uh, popular headlines today, and you'll appreciate this since you know that I worked in information warfare and PSYOP. Um, <laughs> this is, if you're wondering sometimes where some of my thinking is shared, Take a listen to this headline. Ex-U.S. Army PSYOPs expert, Fox News fired Carlson to maintain, to maintain a semi-lobotomized, quasi-retarded population. <laughs> Sounds like something I'd say. Congratulations. That's great. 
It was authored by Paul Joseph Watson via Summit News. A former U.S. Army Special Psychological Warfare Officer says that Tucker Carlson was fired by Fox News because of the regime's agenda to maintain a, a uniform, semi-lobotomized, quasi-retarded population. I agree. The remarks were made by U.S. counter-terror expert Scott Bennett. Carlson and Fox News parted ways on Monday with speculation still ranging or raging as to the specific reason why the network canceled its highest-rated and most popular host. According to Bennett, Carlson posed too much of a threat to institutional power because he turned Americans into proper researchers and thinkers. Well, he was one of the effects, not the only, but that's true. But in, in case you were wondering where the our military was standing, because we hear this all the time, well, let's just take a look at this. Good riddance, Pentagon officials cheer Tucker Carlson's ouster. Now, that's in the Politico. Politico is really best used for emergency butt wipe and hopefully not very much because I think even the ink is corrupted. But nonetheless, it is a wasted piece. It's a rag journal to complete trash, liberal junk propaganda piece. That's Politico. That said, you have DOD and Pentagon officials literally trying to use that as a vehicle. And it should tell you everything that they're using Politico as a vehicle. Now, in fairness to DOD and the Pentagon, and and Politico is citing unnamed sources. So who knows who these trolls and retards are? They claim they're high up in the DOD. For all I know, Politico invented it. But the point is, and it's important to understand that this is a classic positioning of the military. Even if this is a false narrative, the military is not going to say anything about it because it won't weigh in on politics unless you're Millie standing next to President Trump with a Bible in his hand. Then you're going to condemn it and you're going to call it a political stunt and you're going to once again position the military to be pro-Biden and anti-Trump. I mean, that's, that's a real statement right there. We have a significant problem in our nation of division. And the left in the minority left, not the whole left, but the minority left, which is, I don't know, 2 3% of the public, driven heavily by the, the agendas of what we call the progressive left, but more specifically to the radical progressives that are amassed in BLM, Antifa, and LGBTQ+, plus, plus race, race baiters and radicalized feminists who somehow aren't figuring out that when they're pushing trans people into the feminist movement, they're losing their rights. But that's another part of the mental retardation of our nation. We are suffering through a critical time here of mental retardation. And I, I'm not saying that casually or flippantly. We have people that literally can't think past tomorrow. And I think a lot of it has been accentuated and permanently created as a result of one layer, which is the mask which reduced, literally reduced oxygen to the brain and, re, and created an environment of a high level of psychosis. And that psychosis led to an emotional and psychological snap on many people. That included patriots too, by the way. Only patriots went a different direction, but they all ended up in the same pot of the bowl of soup. But my point of all this is the, the followed that with the vax and the fear and the lack of faith that so many people had in any way to manage through fear. They've left themselves in a place of high vulnerability. 
mean, in the Bible, it tells us again, 365 times. And I say again, because I've said this so many times here, and we all, we should know this 365 times to fear not. And there's a reason for that. I don't think that it's so much that God expects us not to have fear, but it's a reminder of immediately to turn to him because fear is destructive. We can, we can measure that medically. We can see that fear at high levels drives high levels of, of adrenaline and dopamine, and that sort of saturation leaves the body in a, in a situation of survival or death based on the amount of chemicals, brain chemicals flood, flooding through it. So when we are looking at this level of short-sightedness and effectively long-term, medium and long-term planning retardation in our nation, and the ability for people to literally get on board with the idea, and this is still something I just can't process, of how people, other than pedophiles, I get it, but these freaks can get on board with the idea that a child can mutilate themselves is beyond me. I want to play this short piece for you, and this is literally a testimonial of a young man that has gone through transition, and I want you to hear the before and then the after. It's pretty tragic. Take a listen. Some updates on myself before we get into this. Next week, I actually have my consult with my doctor to um, get my blood work done and talk to my endocrinologist and finally get the ball rolling on starting tea. Hopefully, the next time you see me or the next two times you see me, I will be starting tea. <gasps> Yay! All right. <laughs> now listen to this testimony from the same person seven years after taking testosterone and one year off of testosterone. I can speak for myself with some of the effects that testosterone has had on my body. It's menopause. It's going through menopause at 19. And when your body's not ready for that and the incontinent, there was like a list of that, the incontinence, you know, not being able to hold your bladder, um, not being able to sleep because of heat flashes that are painful. Um, you know, it's it's ridiculous thinking that a teenager should go through that. This is stunning. And I've said all along, I have so much empathy for these youth. I can work with these youth, pray for these youth. I have no problem. They've been victimized by a cult that has literally sought to destroy them. This person... I don't know where they are spiritually. That You can work with that. But this, I, I, and I honestly, I don't know if we're talking about, a, I don't even know how they identify. And I, I'm not even going to go on the testosterone thing. It doesn't make any sense to me. What I mean, we're, apparently a, a young boy be, was a girl, became a boy, I guess. But they're damaged and they're never going to be the same. And most of these people are going to die by just natural events of the body by 35 or 40. And if suicide doesn't take them first, what we need is to reach out to these folks, give them the comfort in Jesus to understand that they can be forgiven and to teach them the greater love in Christ as we move forward. But when I, you know, the title of the show, I'm going back to this tonight of burning the ships. This is part of the fight now that we have to go on the offensive. We've got to think like Cortez. We can't keep retreating back, and we can't keep giving in to this nonsense. We know the victims. Finding the culprits, that's another story, and we need to find them and identify them and call them out and pray for judgment on them without a question. 
young people like this, it breaks my heart. Look, this person may totally reject anything I put before him, but I would be privileged to be able to speak to them about a path forward. And in doing so, we all should be seeking the same. Because this is just absolutely brutal. And the problem is that as they detransition, if that's, it sounds like that's what this one is doing, their body is never going to be the same. Their joints are going to hurt. They're, they're, they've changed everything. They, they've screwed out all the chemistry up in their body. And the only thing that ultimately that is going to bring them through this is prayer and healing. And that's where we come in as a mighty army, to be very honest. But this sort of corruption is just deep right now. And it's becoming mainstreamed and happening so often. We pretty much got ambushed by a bunch of lunatic, psychopath, pedophile freaks. And they're the ones that are in charge of media. They're the ones that are trying to channel everybody to this new world. And the problem we're having is that when we start to look at what's going on, there's so many pieces in play. We've got to keep a very solid center on how to get through this and have very good discernment. And that's essential because we are in the middle of a war. I think it's very difficult for many people to process the war piece. And the war piece is, I'm for me, I'm just telling you that it, going from Afghanistan to where I am right now, I feel like I'm in the same role. Only difference is I'm behind a mic 17 times a week. But the principles of what we're dealing with are not any different than in Afghanistan. We saw horrors there. And information warfare was a critical component to getting people to break their fear from the Taliban and stand up locally and start doing the deeds that they needed to do. And that involved a number of things, which was, one, get the people to understand basic skills. Like we were literally, part of what I was doing was developing programs to teach them good farming, good, good health care, good sanitation, good basic medical, and to learn again how to, even how to do things like use alternative fuels so they weren't dependent on the wood from Pakistan. All these things were designed to improve their way of life and empower them. And then special forces teams were doing things like working with them to stand up local police forces. We might call them militias, but basically they had policing power to protect the village from the roaming Taliban. To re-empower the people. All of us have a role in this. Every one of us. When I speak to all of us, obviously all Americans, but I'm always biased towards Bard's Nation because so many people that are here have been following this evolution in growth as we face this evil so long. But that doesn't limit us to the boundaries of Bard's Nation. We need to get as many people out here as possible. But our mindset has to be literally burn the ships, move forward. We are on the offensive. And part of the offensive, when we find people that have suffered through this conversion of testosterone, we need to work with them, welcome them, pray with them, introduce them to the glories of Christ, and in so doing, show them what true love is like in a community. And watch how powerful they become, because those that have been victimized the most will become the mightiest in the war against this evil, because they've already been tortured by it. So... Again, I, I'm just, this is a mindset that we have to develop. And war is a mindset. And it's difficult when you don't have bullets flying and you're looking around and you're like, I don't, you know, I don't see any war. I'm just, I got to worry about my 
my car payment. I got to worry about my mortgage payment. I get that. That's part of the slave economy we're all tied to in one way or another. But our position now has to really start being very aggressive in how to reposition because this evil is coming at us. And the problem is it's coming at us in such a way that there are real problems that we the people need to solve. One of these problems is food. And food is taking on many forms. I want you to listen to this piece here. Anybody that's ever doubted that some of the conspiracies, quote unquote conspiracies, conspiracies are just a matter of time before they're proven. And these days it's weeks, not not even years or months. But take a listen to this piece on hot dogs. I, I played this earlier today, but I want you to understand this piece here, this clip, this comes from CBS Nightly News. Take a listen. People who eat hot dogs eat them because they taste so good. But what's in them is not so good. You know, we've learned to accept it, but I don't know if you'll feel so accepting after this. The company Clear Foods recently analyzed 345 hot dog and sausage products from 75 brands and retailers and found, are you hot dog lovers ready for this? Human DNA in 2% of the samples and in two thirds of the vegetarian samples. And get this, 10% of all vegetarian products appear to contain meat. Clear Food says that there are some companies producing high quality hot dog, top scores to Butterball, McCormick, Ekrick, and Hebrew National. Human DNA. Oh yeah, I love it. Just cruise on over there and get that baseball hot dogs. Human DNA and Apple pie, whatever they call that. Something like that, right? Isn't that the way the song goes? Oh, my gosh. All right, so let me just lay out a, a, a perspective. And I want you to think about how complex this, and I'm trying to lay out this perspective to show you a path and how evil is trying to abscond with it. Now, we know that there's been a ton of food processing plants burned down. This testimony is showing that there's something really dark going on with human DNA that should not be in a hot dog, just in case you're confused. That's not something you should find. Then you get into the discussions that we've come across now, and I think I've, I brought it here, where they have been finding that many of the children, this was in a testimony before Congress yesterday, by the way, of somebody that worked at a high level at DHS under the Biden administration, that many of the children that are being brought across the border, there's a core of them, like 87, 83 or 87,000 now, they're completely vanished, which means that we're a middleman. That's what she was saying. We're a middleman in child sex trafficking. But there's another group of children that are being used in the meat processing plants. And they are being used there as forced labor to pay back their debt to the cartel. So if I was looking at this model from the outside, as I did today, and I was looking at all the events that were happening, the question that I would ask is, are these plants spontaneously combusting because they're trying to force us into a new food system? That option is very real and possible, meaning to the negative. Are they trying to force us into this DNA genetically modified Petri dish grown meat and plant vegetables? Or is there another effort going on? Because remember, wherever there's evil, there's good. That's just a given in life. So is there another effort going on to take away the cartel's control over meat processing plants and food processing plants and no longer have them accessible to recycling would maybe be a term, 
human bodies. In which case you would have to do the same thing. But here's the crazy part. If your food system, which by the way, we did effectively prove three years ago with all the research in the Q movement and all that was done on 8chan and 4chan and later 8kun, it was very formally, very well established that there was a massive recycling program of human bodies, particularly children, that were being processed through our food processing plants, meaning our entire food system was corrupted. So how would you correct that? Well, you'd have to reset. And one of the ways, in particular in cities where there's a high density of people, you would have to create a new form of agriculture that would be highly monitored and very sanitized. That might look like vertical agriculture facilities and lab-grown meat. I know that's disgusting, but understand where I'm going with this. Bear with me. I'm not in favor of it in any way, except we are entering into a massive crisis of food in the world. This report that came out of CBS on, D and on hot dog human DNA is going to be skewed to try to force people to eat a vegetarian-only diet, vegan, and all that other stuff, and continue their war on meat, cattle producers, animal producers, livestock, the whole thing, and justify forcing people off the land into the high-density 15-minute cities. Given. That's a given. But on a positive side, meaning good guys, you would have to do a similar event because you would have to ensure that people don't starve as you destroy current facilities because they're not going to give them up and they're not going to be kind about going, oh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. We were, didn't mean to be throwing kids in the hot dog processor um, and we didn't mean to be mixing kids in with McDonald's burger meat. So we'll just stop because you told us it's a bad thing. They're not going to do that. This is a war. So you'd have to do what they're doing. Like you'd have to economically break them, disrupt food supply systems, cause disruptions in the food supply for places like McDonald's, where McDonald's is now most economically with labor and other things and costs of goods having to shut down operations. You'd have to do that. But the problem is the modern world is so addicted to the processed food system, you can't just rip it away. So both evil and good in this particular scenario, want the same thing. I mean, I should say want the same processes. The difference being that evil wants to use the new food production facilities and processes to control the minds and dumb people down to create a greater body of retarded idiots that walk around here. And good is trying to preserve people's health and keep them from falling off the edge. This is how convoluted this fight is right now. And by the way, this is just a theory. I don't have hard proof on this, just to be clear, but I'm trying to present a model here of what how complex this battle space is. And that's all as a result of a continued war that is centered around information and insanity. And the war is constantly being waged about people one side deceiving the other, which just so I say it, God does not deceive. So anybody that tries to tell me that like, well, white hats, they're all good. No. It's a war, I got it, but don't talk to me about deception and God because those two things don't go hand in hand. So where does that leave us? Because we come back to this place right now where we have to continue our center, as I've said so many times, in this place where the captain of the Lord of Hosts army stood, which is literally us standing as God wants us to stand and not and to declare that as kingdom space, holy ground. 
And when we do that, we're able to step outside the Luciferian pendulum, which is pretty much what I just described. And it gives us a better optic as to where we can step in, stepping in to help those that are have been victimized by the LGBTQ plus movement, cult, not even a movement, it's cult, cult. And encouraging people to grow their own food, connecting to local resources, all of this. But when you're deep in the middle of a city in a ghetto, and I don't know how many people have lived in big cities, I'm imagining a lot. What stands out to me is like inner city Philadelphia, if you've been there in that complete debacle. It is so depraved. You know that in, I lived in Fishtown. I've told you this before. On the edge of Fishtown, the fire department had a special building collapse unit. And I was like, that's kind of odd. I've not ever seen that at a fire department. And the reason is that there's so many of these inner city row houses in Philadelphia that are literally have not been maintained. They become straight up third world level slums and they're all made of brick that it is a regular occasion that the roofs or the walls collapse on people and they have to go in with a special unit to keep the entire surrounding buildings from collapsing as well. I mean, that's the world you're in. So where are you going to grow your food there? And technically, you can grow it inside. You can grow it with grow lights. But any of these people don't have any money. They're just living on welfare. So in that sense, the most critical node in this whole fight is going to be inner cities. Communities, rural communities will come together. They tend to. That's just nature of things. And the farther we get away from the cesspool of modern civilization, the more we reclaim our natural ability to be human again. But the closer we get to that cesspool of human existence, like downtown Portland, like downtown Chicago, like downtown Philadelphia, like New York City, Atlanta. I mean, I can just go on the list. Oh, let's not forget San Francisco and Poop City, human Poop City which I'll bet you, even though they had great rains there to wash away all that human poop a while ago, I'm going to bet you it's all back. No one's going to care and do anything about it anyway, except they're going to get an app to map it out for you so you know where it is. That's good. Always encouraging to know that we've got a digital, we have somebody in the digital world that will help us solve the problem through an application. And let us not forget about Baltimore, another pit. If you ever question Baltimore, take the, take the train from up the corridor go from D.C. to New York or New York to D.C., you'll see what Baltimore is about. You'll even even see what Delaware is about. It's horrible. But anyway, these cities are going to be the biggest problem, and they're the easiest one to destabilize and most critical in destabilizing the nation. But it's not just that in our problems with food. It's also the fact that our country has been sold It's been sold to the highest bidder. We don't have any national perspective on land ownership and its use. Take a listen to this little piece of what the Saudis are doing in Arizona. Remember, Arizona is in a bit of a drought right now. We're out here in the middle of the Arizona desert during one of the worst mega droughts of the past 1,200 years. So you might be surprised to know that a Saudi Arabian-owned company is being allowed to use these pumps to pump unlimited amounts of groundwater to irrigate farm fields in the desert and grow one of the most water-intensive crops there is, alfalfa. So what is this company doing with all of this alfalfa? They're putting it on trucks, then they put it on trains, then they put it on ships, and they send it back to the Middle East. So why are they growing these crops out here in Arizona instead of back home? Well, it's illegal to grow a crop like alfalfa in Saudi Arabia because it uses too much water. 
uses too much water. So we'll just use the U.S. water, which we don't have a lot of in Arizona, and we'll feed Saudis and their clients. It's not feeding the world. We have become an outsourced country. People, Chinese, Saudis, whoever can buy a chunk of land and use up our resources for their benefit. That's what we're dealing with. So if we're going to start literally burning the ships and go on the offensive, we have to start thinking about those sorts of things that are going to make a difference locally that we can affect. And I'm going to speak to something here. I don't even know if it's legal to do, but I assume it is because sheriffs are the most powerful law enforcement in the land, but it takes a constitutional sheriff and a courageous county commission. But every piece of land in the county needs to be brought back to the county's control. That means federal government needs to get their butt out of the county and state needs to get their butt out of the county. And the counties need to go back to managing their land. And that means that any foreign company coming in must prove that their first customer, their first source of production will always go to Americans first. And we cannot allow our resources, our land, our water to be used by foreign entities. No more. Everything has to stop. That means a nationalization of of land in a certain level. And that gets people squeamish. Investors start to lose their mind. They start to talk about that. Well, big deal. I could care less because I don't care about Wall Street. What I know that Wall Street has done really well is raped and pillaged our entire world. Thanks to Wall Street, Oregon lost massive, massive small timber holdings. And that it goes back in the Reagan era under the white collar investment boom. And they came into Oregon and what they literally did was in a depressed time because their economy had basically collapsed thanks to moving off of the gold standard into an oil paper dollar fiat currency. The housing market imploded. That leaves timber industries at mercy of needing capital because there's no demand. And so what Wall Street did very strategically and very intentionally is it sent out accountants to meet with small logging family-held businesses and encourage them to go to a C-Corp, C-Corp, and develop a board of directors so that they could be traded on Wall Street and gain capital to help offset their losses and grow their businesses. Unfortunately, many of these small holdings in Oregon were not savvy to the absolute devilish nature of Wall Street. If you've ever wondered why I, at the core of one of my big things about Wall Street, why I detest most anybody that works in Wall Street, and I mean that very directly, it's because they are pariahs. And they take advantage of those that aren't as well-informed, and they do it intentionally to rape and pillage the wealth of the nation for their own damn pro- their own damn pocket. These people came in and set up C-Corps, got these companies set up, these local logging firms set up. And the minute they got them set up to trade on the market, whether it was NASDAQ or Wall Street, they then voted out the owners and took over the companies and then sold the companies and consolidated. And that's why now we have big consolidations in Warehouser and others. And in so doing, they ordered the the absolute destruction of old growth in our in our state. They went on a cutting spree to then reclaim their their investment and offset their losses from other investments to literally rape and pillage the forests of Oregon. They literally clear cut every other grid square 
which was 440 acres, in case you're interested. And where did that lumber go? It went to, a lot of it went to Japan, and they packed Japanese, buried it, sunk it in the water to preserve it for a future date. They literally destroyed Oregon's movement. And then what they did, once they accomplished that goal, it was the same pariahs that funded the green movement to try to permanently shut down logging in the, in the area so that our local companies couldn't stand back up. And that's the war that's been going on here. It's real. And these people in Wall Street are responsible. They're the same type of mentality as the bankers. They have absolutely no morals. They're focused on one worship, which is the dollar. And I truly pray that they learn a day that they will find themselves broken on the street because when I walk by, I won't give them a dime. I'll kick them in the teeth and enjoy it. These are sick people. And these are the same people that are running that are somewhere directly or indirectly related to child sex trafficking networks. They're all the same mentality. So this is the type of war that we have right now. And we have got to start taking an aggressive stand. Like I said, we got to burn the ships. You can't keep looking back. You got to look forward. And you have to have a mindset that no matter what is to come at us, we're going to lead in the, under that banner of Christ. We're going to stand boldly in the face of this evil. Prayer is our greatest weapon, but our red lines have to be real. And it has to begin in our local counties. There's no other way about it. These people, truly, I mean this, these people are sick and they're consumed with their own wealth. I want to play a piece here from Todd Callender. If you know who he is, he is a, an attorney. And I'm working to get him on the show so yeah, I can say this. I'm hopeful. I made it, I've made first contact. But this is actually a pretty encouraging piece. He has been fighting for accountability on the VAX, but not within our borders. He's taking this to international courts, and he's the real deal. Matter of fact, this guy is probably, in the optics of things, he is ruthless as an attorney for the people. I have tons of respect for him. So take a listen. Well, I found out yesterday um, that a gentleman by the name of Pascal Najati in Switzerland was able to get convinced the Swiss attorney general of the nation to prosecute the Swiss president and the minister of health for abuse of process. There are two other criminal defendants um, that are sealed at this moment in time, but the president himself and the minister of health are under investigation, indictment and prosecution by the Swiss attorney general. It's the first criminal complaint anywhere on the planet that has legs. This is the first time anywhere that anybody's been charged with these crimes and it happened in Switzerland. I just heard about it yesterday. I'm also working with um, a royal family in Southeast Asia who had one of their family members killed. Um, they are able, by virtue of their lineage and power in that country, to convene their own war crimes tribunal. So we're, we're pursuing that outside of the United States because we can't get anything done inside the United States. The tide has changed. It's really changed. And now you're going to see the flood, floodgates open. These are universal jurisdiction crimes, which means that if Switzerland wanted to prosecute our president, they would not only have the ability to do that and do that in absentia, they would have the ability to sentence and actually carry out that sentence uh, in, in absentia, meaning that extraterritorially, if they were able to find a treaty partner, they could go and grab whoever it is responsible, bring them back to Switzerland for the, the execution, if that's what the sentence was. This is a big deal. This is a huge deal. The first sovereign to do this. 
Yes, it is. That's not immediately new. I may have misled you a bit because this didn't just break today. This I think this is about three weeks old or so. But nonetheless, this is a it, he, we do have these amazing warriors out here that are fighting. And the reason I bring this up is in the time when all this stuff is going on, you've got the push for AI, this threat for the digital currency, this constant nonsense that they're doing about trying to get us into, you know, the um, this green agenda garbage, trying to make us drive green cars, and it, it's nuts. We know it's nuts. We even have like. Kansas denied the Bill of Rights for biological females because I guess Kansas now, being the state that they are, thinks it's more important to help the trans movement than to preserve the rights of biological women. Oh, it's just this nonsense just keeps going on and on. And that is something that literally we have to start addressing aggressively. We've got to be out there in the forefront. And that's going to mean sometimes that we're standing with people that we don't necessarily fully align with. But we know that the heart for America, the heart for the patriot is there. And we've got to stand arm in arm now. And, you know, as a remnant, we bring something very special. We bring that strength in Christ. We bring that power in the Holy Spirit. And the movements, the moments where we see that sort of commitment to people, the strongest voices end up being those that are standing with Christ. And that's exactly what we have to continue to do. This, we are dealing with a cult. It's a satanic cult that is, at its core, pedophilia-based and child sex worship-based. They worship Baal in one way or another, and child sacrifice is the critical engine of their power. That we are accountable for. We as a nation, we as a world, we as a people before God are accountable to that. And so everything that we can do to come to that point of understanding that we literally have to burn the ships. We're not going back to some nirvana in the past that never existed. It was made up in the matrix. And the only way forward is a path forward with kingdom and God. And that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. No one said it would be easy. But in that mindset, if you get to the mindset where Cortez was and understanding that his men had doubts, that they were feeling that they might have to retreat, 600 men against the Aztecs, he gave them a simple choice, die or win, and he burned the ships. I love this, and it's a place where I think each one of us, if we give that some thought to what that means in our relationship with Father God— and we are we are change our mindset in such an aggressive way that we start to understand that every action we take, every decision we make, has an effect on this war. That means as we love our neighbor equally as we put a line and say we will not deal with evil. That goes to decisions we make with what we buy, what we do, how we live, what we say, the words are, we carry, the power of life and death in our words, all of these things start to take on a very narrow and visceral focus in this war, and we have to do it. This enemy is truly afraid of us. Don't ever doubt that. And the reason they're afraid of us is because we are the children of the Most High. And as the children of the Most High, we literally are in a place where we can defeat them because we've been given those authorities. But they know something. They know that the majority of people in this world don't believe that. They believe the, They know that the majority of the people in this world truly are 
not accountable to the true powers and authorities given, but instead are squeamish and feel that they are guilty and unworthy. I want you to hear this piece here as we start to close on a perspective and reminder that Jesus is the only way. The enemy knows this, and listen to how convoluted things have become in this. This starts out with Bruce or Caitlin or whatever the heck his name is, Jenner. Take a listen to what Bruce Jenner, also known as Caitlyn Jenner, has to say about Judgment Day. Because when that day comes and you go up to the pearly gates and you're walking up the stairs and you're seeing God in front of you and you just ask that question, did I do a good job? Did I do the right thing? And just hope he says, hey, come on in. I did a good job. You know, sadly, much of the world is living by that same mentality. That is, hoping when they get before God, they'll have done enough good deeds to enter into heaven. But the Bible actually teaches, and Jesus says himself, the truth is, you cannot earn your salvation based on any good deeds. You must repent and turn to Jesus. He is the only one good enough and the only one that can save you. Nobody gets to God unless you go through him. The testimony by Jenner, Caitlin, whatever its name is, is really important because these people at the core are fearful of not getting to heaven. They seek everlasting life because they've accepted the contracts of the father of lies. Every one of them, it's a blood oath. It's a blood contract that they've taken. And it is real. And the consequences are real. And as they start to end, enter the end of life, they seek to prolong their life. They seek to do whatever they can to extend their life because they don't want to take the consequences of what they've already given a blood oath to. The sad part about it is they could be freed from that. But they would have to repent and accept Jesus and a lot of other things. But that's the foundation. But you can tell, even in Jenner, when you, this piece on the video piece, Jenner's all, Caitlin, whatever it is, is all teared up, choked up, because they know accountability's coming. Keep in mind, they know that we who walk with Christ, who have accepted Christ and have repented, we understand the authorities that we've been given. We understand that we are the children of the Most High. We understand that we've been given authorities over all evil. And they know it. So their only retort is to try to bring everybody else to the lake of fire with them. Not walking there, patriots. Every one of us now has the upper hand in this fight. And we have to believe it. Because the enemy, as loud and obnoxious and horrific as it is, has lost its grip on the narrative. They've lost its grip on the promises of hope. The society is falling apart. And they know it. So now's the time to burn the ships and go on the offensive and understand that whatever lies ahead, no matter what sacrifice, it's absolutely worth it because this enemy will be crushed. And whether they repent at the end of their life or not and take a nice sailing trip down to the lake of fire, that's up to them. But we have to help those that have been victimized by them. We have to raise up those that are still asleep in the matrix created by them. And we have to bring those that are walking in that fear because maybe they just don't have a tight enough relationship with Jesus to help them overcome it so that they're not brought down by them. That's a big mission, one I'll gladly accept. It's a glorious mission. And ultimately, I think it's why God put us here. Patriots, let's pray. 
Father God, we are here tonight humbled and blessed to be sharing this moment in time. Tonight, Father, we just pray for clarity and the intensity of understanding our next steps, to really understand everything that we do, everything we do, is going to have an effect on the direction of this fight and that we are accountable to those decisions. We know that an enemy is building a massive engine of a man-made God known as AI. And we know that everything before us at one point or another in the coming future will be affected by that. That's digital. That means we're going to have to make hard decisions to pivot away from a digital world. We know that this enemy is trying to destroy the food system, pollute it in such a degree that somehow we're going to feel guilty and be drawn to them. We pray that all of that be cast out, cleansed, a hedge of protection put around us all. And that we continue the pursuit of growing our own food, sowing seeds spiritually and physically. And that we continue to lead as we walk in the mightiness of our love in Jesus. Father, in this time, we just ask for that warrior heart to be emboldened. No doubt left in our heart. No hesitation left in our step. No fear left in our breath. Instead, to have our eyes forward to know that this enemy is quaking. This enemy knows who we are. They are beginning to realize that we are accepting who we are, the children of the Most High, the most blessed. And this stuff of us being unworthy, let those thoughts be erased from people's mind to realize that you sacrificed your only son for us. An unbelievable gift, not because we are unworthy, but because you believed in us. So, Father, in this hour, in this time, we ask for that, just that blessing of encouragement to pick up the step and the energy in each and every person who walks with Jesus, to feel that stirring in their heart, to stand boldly in face of this evil, and to never ever bow or relent in their pursuit of truth and the crushing of this evil forever. Guide us and protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It is truly an awesome time to live, I'll tell you that. All about it. We've got all sorts of problems. And the thing I've said many times is whatever is going on in this war between elites, the one thing you'll notice is there's no voice of patriots in this. We're being told. And this is the part that I would say why I, I distrust most people in power. They're telling us what's going to happen. We're going to give you a digital currency. We're going to build 10 cities. We're going to do this. I don't want to hear this. I want to hear a, a leader say, we need input from the people. Because we need to return sovereignty to the nation. We need to separate people from their enslavement that they've been placed upon in the last 150 years. And we need ideas. We need dialogue. We need to overcome food problems. And we know that we as people can solve it. We don't need AI. So much of the problem with these youth that are, that are tied to AI and programming it is they have never had a great upbringing in a solid family centered on God to see the miracles and glories of the Holy Spirit. And because of that now, they're trying to solve problems for humanity because they really don't believe humanity can. I know humanity can. I just, <laughs> I just have no faith in the retards that are plugging their knowledge into AI thinking it's going to be a man-made solution because it'll end like everything else. But as the remnant pivots to lead the world in the glories of the Holy Spirit, the world truly transforms. And that's the leadership it needs. And that leadership comes from the most unsuspecting. It comes from those whose eyes are not on them. It comes from a remnant that God is raising. 
So pray into it. We're part of it. And it's a glorious time to live. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. 
It has no scruples. It has no rules but one. To win at any cost. But we will never bow. For we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.